Do you know what time it is? It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM. Welcome to the Cyber Edition of the Workforce Show. I'm Jeremy Haas, and I'm here with my co-host, Olga Polischuk. In this program, we talk with a variety of guests about the field of cyber and careers in cyber. And as we've talked about in the past, cyber is a very diverse field, um, much more than IT or engineering. And so that's why it's great to have our, our guests that we have today. Mary Beth Borving is an executive entrepreneur in security and technology um, she has an extensive background in the sectors of finance, technology, and as well as cyber. Uh, she's currently an advisor to s- several firms, Clearforce, High Trust, RoboDud, Blue Water International, founder of the Cyber Guild, which I'm excited to learn a little bit more about today, and the Uniting Women in uh, Cyber Conference, which is in Washington, D.C., which, which again, I hope we can talk about today. Mary Beth has a, an extensive uh, background in the corporate world. Uh, she was CEO and president of Lemonfish, which was later acquired by WorldAware. Prior to that, was a CFO and board advisor to Vigilant. Um, held significant roles at MMC, Marsh and Willis Tower Watson, and just has an extensive background in cyber risk and mitigation. So, thank you, Mary Beth, for being here with us today. Uh, I thought where it might be interesting to start is. First of all, is there anything about your background that you think I should have mentioned that I didn't? And maybe talk a, a little bit about your career, how you got into it. You know, since we have a focus on on getting into cyber, you know, that people's path into cyber is always interesting to our guests. Yes. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, Olga. Nice to be here today. Yeah, it's never a, a straight path for anybody when you ask them how they got into um, cybersecurity and I mean, think about it. Twenty years ago, we weren't even talking about cyber. Um, we were really talking about security, maybe, but we were really talking about the internet, right? The World Wide Web and and how that came about. And I think when physical security became noted with with cyber, I think people uh, really that's when we started talking about it. So, really, I got into it twenty years ago when before nine eleven. Um, I had been at a lot of technology companies. I'd been at Fast Company Magazine really looking at how technology companies were evolving and the power of one was coming about. And you think about today how powerful it is to have a skill, right? So that's, I think, when it when it got me thinking about it. So I was, uh, at that time, CFO of a company called Centillion, which spun out of Hewlett-Packard and was a single sign-on company in healthcare. And I raised $60 million for that company. And I quickly started meeting a lot of investors that were investing in cybersecurity and technology together. That's when IT and security were really coming together and integrating more then than they had been in the last you know, 10 years prior to that. And now, if you roll the clock forward to 2020, you really have cybersecurity and technology, but you can't do one without the other. So you can't do anything without looking at your security posture. So I, I guess I started 
really getting into it about 20 years ago. And then I joined a lot of companies that needed to grow up in the space because there's a lot of immature companies um, that have immature infrastructure but have mature products. And so they need people that have built companies before to come in and help them launch their products. And so that's what I've done probably over the last 15 years is help people understand how to launch their products, how to understand the risks of the companies that they're going to sell the products to and the services, and then execute on that and build a sort of a path to a successful outcome to scale a product. Was it an uphill battle for you in the process? Was it a challenging journey? Well, I think each time you look at the evolution and phases of the products that we have on the market today, if you think about basic security, right, that 20 years ago we think about single sign-on, like that's that was a big deal. You know, you could actually get one person to sign on and be secure. They didn't have to use many passwords. Now we're looking at, you know, technology with no passwords, right? You're using your, you know, biometrics and other ways to do it. So I think every time there's an evolution in products, there it is a very difficult challenge to get somebody to launch their product into a marketplace. And if for those of you who have heard of the word RSA, that, that marketplace is got more products then, you know, then there's people to actually use them. So I think there's a lot of competition in the space, but there's so much creativity. But the issue is, how do you get these wonderful products to be an outcome for a company, especially when we don't have enough workforce in this area to actually help the products be successful, right? So, so there's, there's lots of changes going on in the industry because of that, I think. So, yeah, it's always a challenge to launch a product. Absolutely. <laughs> so pulling on that third a little bit about mm-hmm. about more products than, than people to implement and to operate, you know, before the show we were talking about current opportunity that you're about to start. Right. You, you want to tell us a little bit about that and sure. and how that fits into the, the larger cybersecurity ecosystem? Sure, yeah. So if you take the evolution of how many products there are and how there's not a lot of people. Think about it 20 years ago, some of the job descriptions that we have in cybersecurity didn't exist, like chief information security officer. And chief information officers were really just coming about. And now in 2019, I had a lot of friends, they call themselves chief information risk officers. So if you think about that, they want to manage as much budget as they can so that they can get as many people and as many uh, products that can come together to build a defensible posture for their companies. So there's two things. There's workforce and there's budget that are very important. Unless you have budget, you can't get workforce and you can't buy the products. So And you can't educate people on how to use the products. So I think that what's there's an, a phase happening below the critical infrastructure in our country where, you know, banks, obviously, a lot of banks are critical infrastructure, energy, you know, they have to own their own cloud, they have to own their own security. But for companies that are don't already have a CISO, they don't have a security team, and they know that they're at risk. If you look at the, the rapid increase in ransomware, and everybody's aware of that, but a lot of people don't know what to do to to be defensible for it. So that's this year, the last 24 months has been an evolution in managed security service providers. And so, yes, I'm going to be um, joining a company called CyberClan that will actually be an MSSP that's coming to the United States. And um, I think there's others 
that are out there too. And I, I think what's really unique about the One Cyber Clan is that we're looking at it from a risk perspective and from a platform of you know where you are, what what are your needs, and what do you need to turn on. But looking at cyber from a risk perspective, not just from a securities perspective, is really where we need to be in 2020 because that's where we're going to understand how to really build a defensible and um, product platform that can monitor but also educate the workforce at the same time. Because if we're not educating people continually on the threats and what's out there, then they actually fall behind very quickly and the bad guys can you know kind of take over, so to speak. So yeah, I think that MSSPs and Getting people from risk management and, you know, looking outside of just people that are engineers to come to our space are, is really important. So can you talk a little bit more about how an uh, MSSP, a managed security service provider, works? Just, just to elaborate on that a little bit. Sure, sure. So what happens is most times people call people into their outside services people into their companies when they have a breach or you know they think they might be having an an event right it's not a breach until we you know look at all the events and see what if somebody's penetrated their networks or is sitting inside their network or has stolen data or whatever so or had a ransomware case so what happens is nowadays we're trying to get people to be more ready for these attacks so if you want to have someone come in and do a risk assessment and see, you know, where are you today in building your security posture? So most MSSPs want to tell you about your security posture and where you are. So they kind of take an inventory of what your platform looks like, and then they recommend and suggest because they are product agnostic for most, most of the time because they have seen most of the products out there, they want to make sure that the product is right size to you and not actually something, you know, you're buying more than you need. And then you're, they're able to actually make it very cost effective because they can do that from the cloud and they can actually create a specialized service for you by turning on components of the platforms that they use. And so as products um, change and evolve, then the platforms change. And then you're not tied into using and buying every product that's out there, which, you know, in this day and age, things are changing so quickly. That's really important. Um, so tell us more about the Cyber Guild and your work with um, uniting women in cyber in Washington, D.C. Sure. So I came to Washington, D.C. about seven years ago, and I was a CEO of a company called Lemonfish, which was acquired by WorldAware. And when I came here, I came here from Boston and New York, and I realized that I needed to like expand my network here because there was a lot a lot of you know collaboration happening because you have the federal government, you have DC, Maryland and Virginia and you know because of traffic here we have some sort of boundaries but I wanted to bring together um, people I knew and people I had been meeting uh, when I was on my journey as the CEO of Lemonfish. And so I went and uh, did some um, work with uh, the Center for Innovation Technology in Virginia and Mach 37, which is a, an incubator for cybersecurity. And I realized that, you know, the, this, the CEO of um, CIT and I said, you know, we need to do something during this Me Too movement because it was 2018 during you know, Me Too had just really come about, to demonstrate that women are very welcome in cybersecurity and needed 
and their skill sets and the way they think are needed. So I said to him, let's do a conference. So we did the first Uniting Women in Cyber in 2018, and we had about 220 people. And we had a big reception from the form, you know, the Beltway. They really wanted to be involved. And then we really started talking about the skill sets and, the, you know, the momentum. And then in 2019, we talked about the fearless workforce because we wanted women to know that they could empower themselves to come to this space. And that conference was very well received. And out of that evolved the idea that all these companies were coming to us saying, we really want you to continue this because we feel like workforce is one of our biggest issues. So we'd like to be the way you present this conference, the way you bring people in from that have been around in the cybersecurity space for a long time, but come from different different walks of life to come and talk about security is really what we need to do. So that's how it came about. And then we actually from that over over um, the summer this year, we started the Cyber Guild because we realized that diversity and workforce is more than just with women. And so um, we are doing the United Women in Cyber, but we're really going to be talking about diversity in the workforce on March 11th in Tyson's Corner. And we're going to probably do another conference at the end of the year, and it's going to continually be about diversity in this in this space. And then the Cyber Guild is about where science meets tradecraft. And we the reason we say that is because this is a an industry where you have a lot of experts, but they need to actually have apprentices and bring in other experts. There's a lot of certifications people can have and whatnot, but we need to be able to actually attract people. What happens is, you know, people call me up all the time, uh, HR people in C-suite, do you know any engineers I can have? Well, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul in this industry, people are stealing each other's workforce all the time. And so I said that one of the reasons we started the Cyber Guilds was we don't want people to be stealing, we want people to be educating. And so that's one of our goals. So we're having these special interest guilds where people can get educated and cross-pollinate ideas. And then hopefully we'll, we'll attract more talent. So how can somebody get involved in CyberGuild and the conference as well? Um, they can just go online and sign up. And they can um, email any of us, info at, cyber, at thecyberguild.org, and we can get them information. And uh, my email at the CyberGuild is marybeth at thecyberguild.org. They can email me as well. And we are looking for volunteers. We're looking for people to get involved because it is a, a, a trade association, a business association. It's a nonprofit. And obviously, being a nonprofit, we're looking for uh, people to volunteer and help and people with ideas to come. When we do, we're going to be doing meetups um, at least once every 90 days. And then we're doing roundtables as well as, as a sort of a kickoff to the events that we're going to have in the Cyber Guild. Great. So, so is there a, is there an association between the Cyber Guild and the the Uniting Women in Cyber, or are they t- they, they two separate entities, or, or are you kind of the connector between the two? <laughs> yeah, yes, we um actually um we actually I'm the connector between the two, but Uniting Women in Cyber is now under the Cyber Guild umbrella. Okay, mm-hmm. because we wanted everything to be under one. Because we know that that's a very important. It's almost like a. It's an event that we have. We don't treat it like a, a, a special interest guild, like we will insider threat and threat intelligence and election security 
and 5G and digital transformation. These are some of the, the events that we've had over the, over the last six months and the interests that we've had in building special interest guilds. So it'll be like a coming together, almost like a summit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. And so, and so the March 11th event um, coming up here very soon is the United Women in Cyber that's correct. The, the, the yeah. annual conference of, yes. of sorts. Yes. How, how long is that event? Is it? It's a day long. Day. So it starts in the morning. We're going to be having three um, educational type sessions, one on a workforce roundtable and then a second on um, cryptocurrency. Um, we have some expertise coming out of DOJ that is out of the anti-money laundering department that's going to talk about how the bad guys get, get their money, how they get paid. And uh, we're also going to be talking, we're going to have a, what we're calling a whisper room, which is a one-to-one where investors can talk to people that have ideas and startups in the area in the area of cybersecurity. And so we're going to do like speed dating so they can meet as many investors as they can. And, um, and then we're going to be talking about the cybersecurity maturity model. Neosystems is hosting a, um, a, a panel on that. And we have Katie... Um, Arrington from uh, the Department of Defense. She's going to. She's the, actually the author of the of the cybersecurity maturity model. She's going to be coming and speaking as a keynote and also as part of the, that session. And then we have um, some. We're going to be giving out cyber awards and to people that have been you know instrumental in helping this industry grow and kind of pioneer. And then we are also going to be kicking off with talking about Silicon East. So everybody knows about Silicon Valley, but we like to think about D.C., New York, Boston, and going all the way down to Georgia as this is Silicon East. So we want to talk about that. So a friend of mine, um, Tiffany Gates from the CEO of Novetta, which is a Carlisle company, is going to be kicking us off with uh, Corey Thomas from Rapid7 in Boston, and they're going to be talking about the Silicon East. And then we have Shamala Nadu from IBM. She's going to be one of our closing keynotes. And we'll be announcing a lot more speakers. but And it's online at um, www.unitingwomeninsyber.com. It sounds great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, I forgot to mention. We're doing jeopardized cyber, like like the game you saw on TV. Mm-hmm. We can't use that name. <laughs> but we have Roger Craig, who is the number seven Jeopardy champion in the world. Um, he's going to be emceeing a game show, and we're going to do a game show session at the conference, at the summit, um, for, you know, we have three companies that are going to be participating, and they don't know the questions, and we're coming up with categories around cyber, so it should be a lot of fun. What's the big prize? Um, you get to have dinner with him. Oh, wow. <laughs> cool. We couldn't think of anything else, so we figured like they do on the show, yeah. <laughs> and we'll take someone from the audience that can join them. <laughs> so, yeah. So you mentioned, we spoke earlier, you mentioned that um, the Cyber Guild relies on interns. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about opportunities, um, intern opportunities with the Cyber Guild? Sure, sure. Yeah, so we we have an intern actually located in New York, and um, she's been part of um, the information security group in New York that is part of the Cyber Guild now. And so she is two years out of school, and she's been taking certifications in the space. And so I told her you know, come and work for us two feet in, and you'll meet a ton of people, you'll get exposure. So we don't have a formal program, but we're Mm -hmm. looking for interns like that who are wanting to learn and see, you know, what is my path in cybersecurity? And I think this is a good 
this is a good place to, to see that because you're going to get a, sort of an overview of many companies, many different people with many different levels of experience. Um, and we also have, so, you know, the Cyber Guild is made up of, you know, founders of companies, techies, um, people that are, you know, and leadership, people that are mm -hmm. stakeholders in cyber, you know, people that have to use the products and services of, of the industry and government and state level people and investors. So we have like a, you know, a real diverse group. So I think it's really good for people that want to either just, even if you don't want to be an intern, even if you just want to volunteer and come and be part of it so you can absorb some of the things that we're doing. So. so so to expand on that a little bit, so for someone who wanted to get into the field of cyber, either early career or mid-career, you mentioned some certifications. Right. What, what, what kind of advice would you give them in terms of opportunities they should look for, specific certifications that you think are, are valuable both uh, from what an individual learns as well as what the, the market recognizes? Right. What you think about formal education opportunities and, and what those would look like? Just you know, really interested in, in what kind of advice you would give if you were mentoring someone mm -hmm. virtually right now. Yeah, and also even to add to that, you know, you're such an avid networker. Um, some ideas for um, you know uh, for listeners to build their connections as well. Let's... Yeah, well, let's start from the people that are maybe older and go backwards. So I'm thinking like AARP. AARP and those people, so people that have had careers, if they could take an online, Harvard has an online course, U University of Maryland has an online course, George Mason has online courses, take an online course, get a, get a certification from CompTIA. CompTIA has a lot of uh, cybersecurity um, in certifications, but then maybe go to a, um, a place where you can do a red team exercise, and there's lots of those happening. Um, you know, B-Sides has education programs, too. Um, so I'd say, you know, not just people that are young, but I think people that have had careers that want to do something else should come and just try to get some online education and then maybe, you know, go to some 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 other, you know, places where they can sit in a classroom. And um, and and there's something there's a lot if you go online, there's a lot of opportunity to to be part of a classroom and sort of look at what it looks like to to see an event happening, a cyber event so I think that getting the certification is good, but actually getting some hands-on experience is good, too. Sure. And, and then did you have different advice for someone early career? So early career, I mean, somebody who's – so, you know, Girls Who Code and all of these other um, great organizations that have come about. I'd say if I was a parent of a 15-year-old, I would be demanding – that they get exposure to this in school because there's mm -hmm. tons of programs that cost like $75. There's a program, I, I, and I don't know the name of it, but somebody mentioned to me this week out of Florida that for $75, they'll, if you get 40 people, it's $75 for 40 students to actually do so, sort of a, um, an education on, on cyber and, mm -hmm. you know, cyber hygiene and, and, you know, cyber, um, you know, issues. So I would say start early, but in, if you're a college-aged person and you're interested in it, there's so many courses you can take um, at many of the universities. And Northern Virginia Community College has a great program, and they actually build a lot of analysts there for what we call SOC, which is Security Operations Command Centers. Well, so we're we're coming down to our last minute. Is okay. there anything else that you'd like to talk about that maybe you wanted to and we just didn't get there? I, I feel like we just ran out of time. I, there's so many yeah. things that 
I think we could we could really just dig into and, and just haven't had the opportunity. Yeah. You know, for people that we just need people to not be timid to come to our space. We need we don't just need engineers. We need people with all different backgrounds to be in this industry. So I welcome them all. I'm hoping that they'll look online and there's so much information available about how to enter this workforce. If you look at the NIST framework um, and how that was built with NICE, with NICE is the workforce issue, um, there's a lot of education on, online about um, how to really get involved. And, um, and we'll be putting things on our website, too, as we, as we build it up. So. Well, great. I, I know okay. I'm going to definitely uh, reach out to you afterwards. <laughs> go to go to these websites. <laughs> great. See if I can uh, participate in some of the women's events, great. maybe remotely. But um, <laughs> well, you're um, welcome. Forty percent of our conference. <laughs> oh, is it, men. it is okay. Yeah. All right. Forty percent is men. I, I, I didn't. I yes. didn't know if it was allowed. But, yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. That's, that's good to know. Everyone's welcome. It's All diversity right. strong. Yeah. But thank you so much. Thank um, you. Really appreciate you being a guest. Thank Thanks. you. Thanks. Thank you both, Jeremy and Olga. Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.